Who doesn't like repentance? I mean, what kind of a guy wouldn't get up and say, Repent! 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 What kind of a guy? Number one, an evolutionist. An evolutionist would never scream repent at you, for he is proud about how far we've come. He's excited. We're down out of the trees. We're walking upright. If mama's watching, we even eat with a fork. We have come so far, and and Einstein said it would never occur to an evolutionist to scream, repent. If you're against repentance, you see what crowds you're getting into. It's about like when you put that King James Version down. You're going to have to get a new set of friends. And when you lay down Bible repentance, you'll have to get a new set of friends. And you see where you're headed? Yes, sir. I didn't know way back then, but boy, there was humanness way back then. I didn't know that. I thought they just showed up like with Clinton in the crowd. I didn't know that. He went on to say that humanists see the deity all in themselves. I mean, man is so much. Why would you scream repent at a fellow like that? Oh, then he said, now you keep on laughing. You like that when I nailed them evolutionist wait till I give you the third one he said there are some fundamentalists that won't scream at their people repent repent why he said they have a low esteem for the seriousness of sin if sin ain't real bad, then why scream repent at it? Oh, my old boy, boy, ain't one of that in this message. I've just been itching to put it out there. I mean, I'm trying to get to the text. Amen. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Know until he got on my case that not every independent Baptist preacher preached against re- preached on repentance and preached against sin. But now I know. Yeah, he looked me right in the God-given eyeball, Jack. It ain't that repentance is too deep for you to understand. Well, yeah, that ain't your problem. And Ironside said, it, it ain't that it's too deep. It has to do with the motive and with the heart. What about that? Boy, oh boy, boy, I had pages already for you tonight. 
I had page one, page two, page three, A, three, B, three, C. Here, page, here, page, everywhere, page, page. And boy, the other morning I was coming here and I was so miserable. I had all these pages. I had them so confused. Listen, if I'd lost a page, I'd have died. I'm telling you, if one page would have got out of whack, I was messed up. And Judy said to me, you have been miserable to live with for the last few days. Now you either get right or I'm going to kick you out between here and Chicago. You understand? I get it right. I sat down, I pleaded with God and said, Lord, she's fixing to kill me. I gotta get this thing straightened out. And I'm gonna say to you tonight, and I'll settle in in a minute. I'm gonna say to you tonight, the Lord said, Well, here's how you do it. Seeing as how you're so simple. And I said, Amen. And it centered around that word wondrous. See, when I began to study, the doctrine of repentance became so wondrous to me. I saw things. I learned to, to read and express it like I believed it in my heart, Brother Carter, but I just ain't real good with all that kind of stuff, and I couldn't say it right, so I copied the pages and cut them out with a little scissor and pasted them in my notes with clear uh, sticky tape so you couldn't tell I pasted it in there. <laughs> and God dragged my heart back to that word wondrous, wondrous things, wonderful things, amazing things. Things I never believed could be so. And I began to think, if you allow me tonight, please listen carefully, because I don't want to be misunderstood like Brother Nichols. I, I don't know, I don't know why God done this for me, but this is the way I got to preach it, okay? That word wonders thrills me. I just wish God gave me another 36 years. To look at every word. Just, just squeeze it and, and pull it out from my soul. Well, it's just me now. Please bear with me. He took me back in my mind to when I was a boy. My daddy had already deserted me and my mom when I was two years old. And uh, I guess we was poor. But we was awful happy. We ate dough, dough, and more dough. And Mama made everything from scratch. And I loved dough. I loved it. Mama would roll it out. Sometimes she would let me cut it into squares. I loved it. Of course, there were no televisions. And we didn't have a telephone. And we were the, I was the first person to ever own a car to have a driver's license in my whole family. We were so poor, we didn't have a front porch. You just stepped out the door onto the step and there was a sidewalk. We didn't have any magazines. But I went to the library a lot and won all kinds of pens because I liked to read. 
We did have one special treat. Our little town had a weekly newspaper called the Evening Sun, and it came every Friday. I didn't read the front page. I didn't care about that. But I went to the back page and opened it up. And on the inside of the back page, there was the comics. And, and I sat there and thought, there was Dagwood and Blondie. There was Sluggo and Nancy. There was Henry Aldrich. There was Dick Tracy. There was Flash Gordon. And Mama said, I'll tell which ones you read, but don't you read that Flash Gordon. I said, why, Mama? She said, now you know very well, he's always flying them spaceships out where God lives, and God ain't going to put up with that, and don't you read that. <laughs> she didn't mind me reading there was Little Orphan Annie. I read all them comics. And why, why, why I was thinking about it, I don't know why. The Lord brought my mind again. Not to all them funnies I used to pour over and cut them out and cut them in their little squares and mix them all up and then try to make them, put, put them all back together again. But over here on the right side of the comics was a column that I spent hours with. And when I went to bed, I dreamed about it. It was Ripley's, believe it or not. I wrote down, it was in Ripley's, believe it or not, I saw my first shrunken head. <laughs> I never had saw, they didn't have shrunken heads in Pennsylvania, and I never had saw one. I saw my first cannibal in Ripley's, believe it or not, he had a ball through his nose and things through his ears. He looked like a teenager uh, in Chicago. But it's dead. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Listen to this. See, see, see. I sat there. I'm not exaggerating. I saw my first duck-billed platypus. I couldn't believe it. A little animal with a duck bill. Believe it or not. And I'll tell you what. I believed it. I saw, I saw the smallest Bible. This is the truth. It was only about that high. About like that. And it said the entire Bible had been recorded on those pages. But I, I saw my first drum made out of human skin. I told my mama, I sure hope them Indians out west don't ever find that out. Poor <laughs> Tonto and that 
proud long ranger and hop along Cassidy and Gene Autry and my favorite Hollywood star trigger. <laughs> if any of you ever find out you can make drums out of human skin, won't well, none of us be safe. <laughs> I saw my first suit of armor. I saw the world's largest ball of twine. It was higher than a man. It was huge. You talk about wondrous things. As a little boy, Brother Carter, I sat and looked and looked and dreamed and dreamed. I, I'm 60 years old, and I didn't have one bit of trouble writing these things down. I saw my first bearded woman. My mama never did tell me much about the birds and the bees. She told me she found me on the gatepost. So, so I didn't know much, but I didn't know that women didn't have beards. I, I saw my first human art gallery. This woman was in a swimsuit, and every piece that wasn't covered had a picture on it. I said, look at there, mama. An art gallery. <laughs> I saw my first human pincushion. I saw my first fire-breathing man. I saw my first sword swallower. I saw all of them looking at Ripley's, believe it or not. I mean, I memorized them. I cut them out. I pasted them on my wall. I could tell you all about them. I knew the platypus lived someplace called Australia. I mean, it was something to this boy. And God said, Why don't you ask me? Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Well, I don't be disrespectful to the Bible or to God. Here's what I'm afraid of you about. I don't want to do that. You're right, you could read Ripley's Believe It or Not, and I watch some of you, the reason you have such a miserable life, you're just an unbeliever. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah. yeah, I saw it, I saw it, smart aleck. You didn't think I saw it, but I saw it. You're just a stinking unbeliever. Yeah. You're a believer, is a bearded woman. That's the trouble between me and you. I think I pastored her. If she wasn't bearded, she acted like she was. <laughs> She wanted to run things like she was. <laughs> yeah. That's the trouble with you, see? You're just an unbeliever. That's why I had such a good time with the opening of the Red Sea. Because I believe he did it. I don't believe he walked through the Red Sea. You unbelieving hypocrite. I don't believe my God. I had to look for an easy way across. I believe just to show he was God, he did just what the Bible said. He took him to the deepest part to the impossible place. And he walked them through that. Why? Because he's God.
see time. See, I'm a believer. You're a low down stinking unbeliever. That's why you don't have a good time. Now you wouldn't have spent 30 seconds on Ripley's Believe It or Not. But then you don't spend 30 seconds in the Bible either. Come on, tell me some wondrous thing he's open for you. God don't open stuff for unbelievers. You know why you kids are so stinking bored? You're just an unbeliever. Greatest person to you is Superman. Batman. Amen. You're just an unbeliever. I don't mean to make the Bible like the Ripley's believe it or not. And I want you to think I do. But when I had to preach on repentance, God said, remember how wondrous it was to you? Yes, sir. So I want to preach tonight on repentance. God's believe it or not. giving eyeball because I'm looking at you Jack I'm going to tell you something well, I know you can smirk and laugh at my Ripley's believe it or not I know you can do that but you hear me when you smirk at this book it ain't like Ripley's believe it or not you don't have to believe Ripley's believe it or not and nothing will happen to you you'll just be an unbeliever you probably read the front page of the paper. <laughs> Where Clinton said, we are getting better and better. We are getting richer and richer. You read the front page, don't you? And you believe that trash. trying to get in the book, but every time I look at you, I see so much preaching that needs to be done, I can't quite start it. I want to, but I just can't quite get it done. Repentance, God's believe it or not doctrine. I'd like to real quickly go through the Bible with you tonight and show you some believe it or not things about repentance. The first one in your Bible tonight is in Acts chapter 11. And I want to say to this as we turn to Acts 11, I want to say to, to you tonight, believe it or not, but repentance can be granted or withheld. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. Repentance can be granted given by God or withheld. And if God withholds His repentance, yours ain't worth a flip. And if God withholds His repentance, you're not going to heaven. Now I want to warn you tonight. A lot of you pimp God 
lot of you get to the altar and you don't do business with God. You ring his doorbell and leave before he answers. A lot of you, you're already talking while the phones are ringing. Why don't you shut your mouth till God gets on the line? Believe it or not, repentance can be granted or withheld. In Acts chapter 11, it has to do with Acts 10 wherein Cornelius and his household get saved. And they made the Jews down at Jerusalem angry. And they climbed Peter's hide about it. Uh, uh, they were independent Baptists, but still, they felt like they needed a Baptist pope to keep the rest of us in, in check about where we can go and what we can do and stuff like that. So in Acts 11, 4, but Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning and expounded it by order unto them, saying, now he gives a full explanation. And in Acts chapter 11, I want you to see their conclusion to it. Verse 18. When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. Do you know how we Gentiles got in? We got in because God granted to us repentance. Repentance is not something you yell at God. Hey God, I need repentance. I'm about to get caught. I believe my wife's on to me. No, no, you, you mixed up with the charismatics. You yelling at God. God grants repentance, and sometimes He doesn't. Look in your Bible in the book of Hebrews. Oh, yes, sir. Do you know today, I think we're far too comfortable with our sins. I think we're too easy on sin. I think we are. I think we don't think sin's as bad as it is. That's why we're so bored if our preacher takes a text and preaches to us about the cross. We heard all of that. We've heard the crown of thorns. We've heard the flogging. Or we've heard the nails. Or we've heard the, we've heard it all. We heard he pulled his beard out. We're bored. You know why we're bored? We're bored because we don't think sin is serious. We don't see sin like God sees it. We don't see it exceedingly wicked. We don't believe God said, Be ye holy, for I, the Lord thy God, is holy. And when the choir broke out tonight, in the holy, 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 we're not singing those kind of songs anymore. We're singing some contemporary Crash! Hebrews chapter 12. Ah, yes. I want you to know there's people in the Bible that God 
did not grant repentance to. And in Hebrews 12, try this, verse 16, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. You remember that night? He walked out on just as I am. You remember one night he leaned down to his wife who was crying and praying and said, I'm going out to the car to have a cigarette. And this crowd's done. Get out there. Get out there quick. Turned around and walked out. I want you to look at me. Esau said, Ah, what's this birthright to me? I don't want that thing. And he said, give me that bowl of lentils. You can have the birthright. Verse 17. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance. Though he sought it carefully with can I tell you tears are not what's moving God God not caring about your tears in fact I'm talking about the tears over your sin over your shame over you getting caught that ain't what's moving God God grants repentance when God wants to grant repentance whether that's it's your schedule or whether it doesn't and every one of you that think you've got God on a string and all you have to do is jerk and he'll give you what you need, somebody has to see you and I know who it is. His name is the devil. You better watch walking out when God's dealing with you. You better watch making it. Hey, you young people. You worry me, you outfit. The other night when Brother Gomez said, I've watched four kids in this place talking and carrying on. That's just this time. You ought to stand in the pulpit night after night and see what you see. And you young people, I've heard you say, well, you sowed your wild oats, didn't you, Brother Guess? I guess that's my right too. When I'm as old as you, I get to thinking about dying. Can I tell you, when you're as old as me, Jack, God may never speak to you. I don't care, you can get down and you can do whatever you want. You can say any words you want. You can pray the sinner's prayer forward, backwards, middle out. You can say it in Greek, Hebrew. You can do anything any preacher tells you to do. But I've got news for you, believe it or not. God grants or God withholds repentance. Some of you think you can win anybody. Some of you think you could sell up. Eskimo a refrigerator. Well, your mother dropped you on your head when you was a baby and forgot to write it in your baby book. You're crippled too high for crutches. You're dumber in a box of rocks. If God don't grant repentance, you ain't winning nobody to the Lord. We was in a rock of ages region. I won't tell you the church, but I will tell you the family. When they were little kids, I pastored them. 
Now they're grown up, married, two or three children. The wife is faithful in church and serves. But her husband, who was raised in the Christian school, sat under my preaching, sat under the preaching all through his childhood and teenage years. Well, as soon as he got married and had a couple of kids, he decided home life is dull. So he runs around and he does everything else that that kind of lifestyle uh, does. She's had to leave him because of other women. And he come to church and sat back there. He knew I knew him and I was doing the preaching. On the invitation, he has real confidence in one of our missionaries. And that missionary went over and put his arm around him and cried over him and spoke to him. And directly they came to the altar. They were knelt where I could see them. Our missionary was weeping and holding him close. But I watched his face. People, I'm telling you, his face was as hard as that pulpit right there. Brother Boyd, it was. He was showing him out of the Bible, but the Bible was not doing what the Bible said it is, sharper than a two-edged sword, it was not piercing. There was no conviction on his face. There was not anything. The church knew the couple. They began to go to the altar and pray. People were crying. I know his mother and dad. His daddy meets with the pastor every morning at 4 a.m. and prays over that boy, that, that boy's daddy does. And I watched, I watched, I stayed here and watched his face. Church was praying. All of us were praying. I don't know how long Judy's here. I don't think I'd be exaggerating 20 to 30 minutes or more. He got up. Went back where Brother Jones is sitting. I believe you were there, Brother Jim, singing. And sat down. What was the matter? I can't explain God but I know believe it or not repentance can be granted or withheld now that don't mean I brother, brother Carter I ain't putting that man in hell God can grant him repentance anytime he wants God can do it God can do it in a crash one night can he brother boy God can do it one night in a terrible crash in the last instant God can do it granted a thief on the cross repentance at the final moments and he cried out and God said today thou shalt be with me in paradise God grants it but God withheld it look in your Bible in 1 Samuel I told you these are wondrous things that I found in the book 1 Samuel I believe it is is where I, where I want you to go I still got too many notes but I, I can't help it I can't help it. I, 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 I wrote down some wondrous things. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. And hey, I didn't ask that you believe. You can read Ripley's Believe It or Not, you old unbeliever, and do anything you want. But I'm going to read this book and believe it. You better do the same too. Believe it or not. Look at 1 Samuel. In 1 Samuel chapter 25 is a smart aleck, smart mouth fella. And his name is Nabal. 
And I want you to notice in verse 4, and David heard, and, and David heard in the wilderness that Nabal did shear his sheep. And David sent out ten young men, and David said unto the young men, Get you up to Carmel and go to Nabal and greet him. Now notice this is what's important. Greet him in my name. That's what's important. Your pastor is, is ministering in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You Christian school kids, your principal and your teachers are teaching and ministering in the name of Christ. They're not there because they're getting rich. They're there because God called them and they see it as service unto the Lord. Now you watch big mouth youngin. You Christian kids go right outside of school and you talk ugly and I know you do you outfit because the little kids come and are amazed by it. Did you hear what he said? Now you mark that down. Both men didn't go over there and said, Hey, Mabel, how about giving us some food? They said, David sent us. Look in your Bible. 1 Samuel 25, down at the end of verse 9. They went to Nabal like they were sent. And at the end of verse 9, in the name of David. And in verse 10, and Nabal answered David's servants, sounded just like a Christian school kid. Who's David? Who's David? Look in verse 11. Boy, this is America. Underline every time you see the word my. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed from my shears and give it unto the men? That's just like you. You think everything you've got, you own. You're bad wrong. You don't have anything that doesn't belong to God. The money in the bank belongs to God for He gave you your health and He gave you your strength up and down. Run in His mouth, ain't He? Hmm? Run in his mouth. I've got to cover a lot of ground so I can't stay long. But if you look later in the chapter with me, just a minute, you remember Abigail went out there and kept David from coming down and killing Nabal. But in verse 37, but it came to pass in the morning when the wine was going out of Nabal, and his wife had told him these things, I want you to see this. But his heart died within him. Heart died within him. And he became as a stone. Think about that. What about that Christian school kid? What about when you go to the altar finally because you're going to get right? Because you suck them cigarettes. And now you've got lung cancer. And now you want God to do something for you. Why you were taught not to do that. That's going to happen. Did you ever meet people who say stuff like this? Not now. I just don't feel it. Mabel didn't feel it either. I just don't feel it. I can't now. You know why they can't? Hark tell whether you believe it or not. I want you to know the Bible teaches that God can withhold repentance. And if he does, as far as the things of God 
you're a stone. Notice this. And it came to pass about ten days after that the Lord smote Nabal. And look at them words. And he died. You don't hear that preached in Baptist churches no more. If everybody come on, y'all come now, y'all come. God owes it to you. God owes you nothing. If God put us in hell tonight, none of us could ever point a finger at him and accuse him for anything except he's high and holy and he's God. This idea you can go up to anybody, you can win them to the Lord, you can if God joins you. And you can if He lets the Word of God work in that heart. Is that right, Dr. Boyd? Am I okay? Am I right on target? And if He don't, you ain't. And I don't care whether you like that or not. I don't care if you got so many pins from here to here. I don't care if you put them around your neck so you look like you got a necklace. Hooking on the back of the bumper when I leave tonight. But I'll tell you something else. The Holy Spirit of God is the most sensitive person you ever met. And all you've got to do is have the thought that you're going to get glory out of winning this person. You're going to get glory and everybody's going to know you. And Brother Gomez is going to talk highly of you. And you'll be... No, you're right. And I've got news for you. You already grieved the Holy Ghost That's of God. Right, Only you don't know it. I read a soul winning book one time and it said, Prove it. Go soul winning backslidden. And you can still do it. You want me to get the book? I'm going to look you right in a God-given eyeball. And if that author's here tonight, I want to tell you something. That may make for good copy. The only thing wrong with it, it ain't true. I'll tell you who ought to repent before you go soul winning. You don't need a cheerleader when it's time to go soul winning. You and your soul winning partner ought to get over here in a corner somewhere and say to your soul winning partner, now I don't know about you, but I've had a rough day. I've lost my temper. I didn't say the curse words, but I thought them. If I'd have had a machine gun in the grill of my car, I'd have blowed that old lady halfway over to Japan. Ain't you in wonderful shape to do the work of God? No, we get up and it ain't nothing but a cheer-meeting, cheer-leading thing, a shouting and a yelling and a going on. I picked up my brand new hat that somebody bought me last week and walked down the road. But I'd like for you to have gold, silver, and precious stones and not wood, hay, and stubble. Anybody ought to 
repent before they do the work of God. Yeah. It's the man that's going to handle the book, Brother Anderson. He ought to repent. What's the sinner know about the Holy Ghost of God? I'm the one that has the Holy Ghost of God. I'm to hear from Him. Am I falling? Am I watering? Am I leaving? Hey, Pastor, after you squeezed a decision out of everybody in your little town of 1500, what did you do the next month? And did you notice nobody paid any attention to you when you bragged about all your converts and they're still selling drugs and still whoring around and still drinking? You know how people like Dr. Carter and Dr. Boyd go about it and can go back and go back and go back? You know how Dr. Carter stays in a town the size he's in? By listening to God the Holy Ghost. In the work of God. Believe it or not, God said, I showed you wondrous things, and that's what I want you to preach. Believe it or not, repentance can be granted, and repentance can be withheld. Look in your Bible in Matthew chapter 27. I guess I'm running late. Is that the real life time? I, I can't tell about the real life time. Because my watch is on one time, y'all up here on another time. I'm on southern time. Man, I ain't but on the first point. I don't dare look at Judy. If I look at Judy, I'll just get it. I know I will. I won't look over there. How do you do that, Brother Carter? I noticed last night you stood just like this. That ain't a bad idea. I'm going to try that a little bit, Brother Carter. do stuff like that. I try to copy all these big guys, you know? Matthew chapter 27. Hey, 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 hey. Matthew chapter 27. Hurry up. I gotta get going. I gotta get going. Hey, you troublemaker. Hey, you know, I ain't even got the first John 1, 9. I wanted to lay that on your roof in just a little bit. Yes, some of you are living in blatant sin, planning on using first John 1, 9. Well, I'm going to tell you, 1 John 1, 9 is true. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's absolutely right. And when you and me sin, there ain't no place to go but Jesus. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. I'll read that in just a moment. Look in the Bible, 2 Peter 2. Yes, sir, some of you are about to gag. Yes, sir. You're sure in a bad shape tonight. I can tell it. In 2 Peter chapter 2. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. When you go forward, you ought to be listening to the Holy Ghost of God. Hey, what about this? All of us that don't bind sinning, we do it, we just do it. Because you know First John 1, 9. I'm going to ask you how long have you heard in a church a real good testimony? How long have you been seen, seen by somebody get up from the altar and say, Preacher, I testify. Hey, listen, I just want the church to know. I've been taking a drink. I've been telling myself I ain't going to do it no more. 
I promised myself. I've been to the altar. I just want everybody to know tonight, tonight, tonight I know God gave me the victory. We've got so at the altar that before we get out of the building we're doing the very same things we told God we wouldn't do anymore. We're right back at it. We just claim First John 1 9. If we rang the bell and said, Dear Lord, I, I just, Lord, it's just, Lord, it's my temper. You've got to give me victory over it. It's wicked. It's vile. It's terrible. It grieves you. No, we don't mind it. Oh, we said to God, Dear Lord, it almost cost me my job today. He's got to get it. That ain't all there is to it. There's a waiting on the Lord. When God sets you free, amen, amen, if the Son should make you free, you shall be free indeed. Hey, did Hannah go up to the temple? Did she have a terrible burden? Did she leave with a smile? Did the Bible say, and she was no more Hey, look, look in 2 Peter 2, verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they had known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Brethren, sin in our lives is a serious matter. And many times we've asked God to forgive us, and he did, but we didn't pray and ask God for strength and say, Lord, guard me. I'm in a time of temptation. Please don't let me sin. Oh, God, and the first thing you know, we're entangled and it's goddess and we're bound up. We don't come to the altar and do business in a way that results in us being set free and having a glorious testimony. Where we what? Can I tell you about this verse where I got acquainted with it? I was a heavy tobacco user. I heard you talk the other day about it. Boy, I was addicted. I don't ever make fun of smokers. I don't make fun of how much it costs because I'll tell you what, if it wasn't for Jesus, I'd be paying it, Brother Buchanan. You hear me? I'd be paying it. I would, Brother Boyd. But I wanted to be a soul winner. And I knew I had to be a clean vessel. My preacher told me that. A clean vessel. And he told me flat out, Brother Garrett, I know you're saved. And you and Miss Judy have made tremendous progress. But God will never use you. Until you get the victory over them cigarettes. So on a Monday morning, November the 15th, 1963, we've been saved a, a month and two days. I laid them down. 
Now listen to what my preacher said. My preacher took me to these verses. The first time I knew about them, he said, Now listen to me, Brother Garrett. You lay them down? I said, Yes, sir. He said, Don't you ever, ever, the rest of your life, pick them up. Or the next time it's going to be so hard to get free, and it just might be you'll never be free. Do you know one reason why I never did smoke again? I was scared that God wasn't to be monkeyed with. I want to read Matthew chapter 27. Then Judas, verse 3, which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned. Notice the words. You don't have to have a Greek vibe, a Greek a concordance, but if you have one, it'd be interesting to look up, repented himself, because you'll find out that's different than the word where John the Baptist preached, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And your English Bible shows that with the word himself. Notice God wasn't in a hundred miles of it. He repented himself. It's a different word. And brought again thirty pieces of silver to the chief priest and his elders, saying, I have sinned and I have betrayed innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Believe it or not, repentance can be granted or denied. I wouldn't tell any of you in this place tonight, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You can always go to the altar. Don't worry about it. Go ahead and do what you want it to do. You can always ask God to forgive you. I wouldn't teach you that. I'd be afraid to teach you that. Rather, I'd stand here and warn you and tell you that just as soon as you know that God is angry with you about your sins, Get to an altar! Get to an altar! Get to an altar! It may be God! Well, grant you repentance and set you free. And if you don't, you can go to all the council in the world. You can memorize ten steps to victory and you're a flop. Do you hear me? You can buy a Christian books to go and buy them books, three steps to victory, ten steps to victory, twenty steps. Bunch of junk. Ain't no victory outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if he deals with you to be because he grants you repentance and you turning from your sin and agreeing with God, I guess I better get on. Number two, believe it or not, Repentance is a Siamese twin, believe it or not. I saw my first Siamese twins. I never knew any such thing like that ever existed. I know we didn't have any such thing in my little town. And I know my mama never did tell me about Siamese twins. Mama told me she found me on the fence post, so I needed in my Siamese twins there. Repentance is a Siamese twin, believe it or not. First Siamese twins I saw were two Chinese men that were joined at the hip. 
They wore three-piece suits and top hats. And they were both married. Don't be asking no questions. a woman's hand go up that chair. I knew I was going to I mean, I was too little to ask mama no questions. I didn't know no questions, sir. So I'm be asking me no questions. I don't know your answer. Do you know, do you know that, that, uh, that, that repentance is a Siamese twin? Look, look in Mark chapter 1 just a minute. In verse 14 and 15. You've been hearing this all this week. And this morning, Brother Nichols made it a coin, which is a great illustration. But me, Siamese twins out of Ripley's Believe It or Not digs me better. Because it was wondrous. Wondrous. Uh, here, here they are. In Mark 1 verse 14, now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Sign these twins. By the way, by the way, by the way, by the way, they have two, they each have a name, repentance, and the other one's name, faith. And repentance was born first. Always in your Bible, repentance, when the two things are named, repentance is first. And faith follows. Because they were Siamese twins. Hey, you know, this is before, this is before feminists and all that kind of weirdos and whale lovers and tree huggers and all that kind of junk. So nobody ever figured out they ought to cut them two Chinese men apart. Nobody ever figured that out. And can I tell you they got along just fine? Can I tell you they didn't have any trouble? Can I tell you they was both married? Can I tell you the Bible said what God hath joined together, let no man put asunder? We wouldn't even have this trouble except Somebody thought they'd divide the Siamese twins. And somebody said, well, they're the, both the same thing. Wrong. Why don't it say then, repent and repent the gospel. If they're the same thing. They ain't the same thing. Them two Chinese, two Siamese twins were not the same thing. One was one personality, and the other was the other. And what God had joined together, don't let things back like you try to put asunder. I wrote down, they got along well. I read their story. They got along well. They lived, they lived together for years. They complimented each other. Do you know that's the way this repentance and faith is? They've got along just fine. And the reason... They both had the same goal. One time it's called life, and the other time it's called salvation. Both want the same thing. 
so they get along just fine. They, 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 they don't have a bit of trouble. Look at your Bible in Second Timothy. I got to hurry. Y'all looking at me like, well, believe it or not. Hey, I'll tell you, go ahead and be an unbeliever. That's why you don't have no fun out of life. I'm glad I ain't married to you. I'd drop an old iron skittered on your head while you was asleep. I'd raise a knot in your head. You'd have to climb a ladder to scratch you, old unbeliever. I'm so glad Judy's a believer. I find something in the Bible, boy. I say, wifey, look at this. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Look at this, look at this. Look right here, wifey. Look right here. Boy, this morning, Brother Nichols was a preaching. I leaned over and said to wifey, Remember the question Brother McLaughlin asked us before we got saved? She nodded. I said it for her. He said to me and Miss Judy, Rather than Judy, if I'd take this Bible and show you how you could go to heaven when you die, would you be willing to watch it? To look at it? I said, yes, sir. If I'd have said to him, nah, I ain't interested in it. Go on, get out of here. I've got to go to work in the morning. Can I tell you, I wouldn't have got saved that night. I don't care if he'd have said, say after me. I got in trouble for this illustration last time. But I listened to you people cheer about Brother Nichols this morning. We've come a long way. This conference has done a lot. These years have done a lot. Listen to you, what Brother Nichols said. He had that, that haughty, prideful farmer said to that black, humble Christian man, what I should be do to get saved. He said, go down to the hog pen, brother boys, you know that story. And finally that, that man said, okay. I'll go down there. And the black man said, Boss man, you don't have to go down there. You just have to be willing to. He never went down to the hog pen. But it was repentance. I got in trouble for this. It wasn't me. I had a pastor. Black suit, white shirt, black tie, black shoes, black socks. Breakfast, lunch, supper, Monday, Friday, Sunday. That's it. That's all he owned. That's all he wore. Had a beautiful head of, of white hair. Beautiful. Had a big old black Bible. And he was back in the trailer park. We were all in the military. He knocked at the door of this trailer. He was standing on the ground. This woman opened. Wearing a bikini. He was close to 70 or maybe 71 or 72. And he looked up at her. And said, ma'am. I'm a preacher from the church up on the corner. I'd like to take my Bible and show you how to be saved. Would you please go put some clothes on? This is what she said. She said to him, That's a good idea, preacher. I'll be right back. Went and put them clothes on. Came back and he said to her, Is your husband home? She said, No. He said, Would you sit here on the steps with me? He said, she said, yes. They shut the door and sat on the steps. 
When he showed that woman how to be saved, she broke her heart. She believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, like, you know, God saved her naked. Sheriff put up those on. But see, it wasn't the preacher. It was God already doing the work in her heart. And when he said, you ought to put some clothes on so I can read the Bible to you. And the woman said, yes. She was showing honor to the book. And she was showing that God's hand was upon her. And buddy, that's repentance. She was willing to go. Hey, why didn't she say to her, hey, you old man, get out of here. Ain't nobody telling me. Ain't that the way they talk today? Ain't nobody telling me nobody what to wear. Ain't nobody shout about their nipples. Yeah. And three years ago, oh, yeah. go I got letters. We've come a long way. And I'm just believe it or not, we're going in the right direction. Yeah. Come on, I'll let you run in my fist to a 90 mile an hour, you outfit. Repentance and faith are Siamese twins. Now, you know, it may appear to you that they're kind of weak. But if you look in 2 Peter, I'm hurrying now. I'm trying to hurry. I'm hurrying. 2 Peter chapter 2, I'm hurrying. Boy, I'm going to get it when I get home tonight. I just know I am. Verse 24. Hey, that's, um, that's the first message you've heard this week, ain't it? Hey, I'm trying to hurry. Come on, hurry up. Look in 2 Peter 2, verse 24. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men. Act to teach. Hold, hold your finger there at that word teach. And look up in John 6, verse 45. Unless a man of God is to be apt to teach. John 6, verse 45. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and have learned. How many when you were dealing with your children, your own children, it went for a period of time, you taught, and you taught, and you taught, and you taught, and you began to see, you and your husband said, I believe the Lord's dealing. Brother McIntyre, you have a big family. Is that how you did it? You taught, and you taught, and you taught. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned. Why is it your children are treated like that? Come on. But the little bus kids are just up. Why is that? Why is it your child, you're so careful and slow, and you teach, and you teach, and you teach? Amen. Hey, I'm in the book, Jack. I don't care whether you like it or love it. I don't care if it highlights you. I ain't changing for you. He did your job as a Sunday school teacher and prayed. Not only heard, but hath learned of the Father. 
so then that kid said, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be, did, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. In meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure would give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Now we're talking about Christian people and people like that being set free. God only has one program to sign these twins. Repentance. Now don't act like that's weak. There's repentance. Turn in First Peter chapter 5 and look in verse 8. And, 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 I'll, get, and, and I promise, I'll, I'll get to work closing. I mean, I will close. First Peter, hurry up, hurry up, reason I'm always late, it's your fault. First Peter 5 verse 8, hurry up. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a rolling lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now watch this. Over here it said that repentance is needed to set them free. And here it said, whom resist steadfast in the faith. There's the Siamese twins again, aren't they? You talk about weak? No, they're not weak. They are powerful. If repentance and faith don't set you free, nothing man has will ever make you free. That's God's plan. Repentance and faith. I'm closing. Believe it or not. <laughs> I believe it or not, but repentance always comes clothed in such a way that man's natural ability can't see it. Man's natural ability. While I name you some things, look in the book of Romans chapter 2 with me just a moment. And with this I'll close tonight. Believe it or not, repentance always comes cloaked in such a way that man's natural ability can't see it. Listen while you're turning there. For 40 years Israel wandered in the wilderness. Every time they moved, they had the most costly, precious treasure. Around them was all manner of enemies. But every time they got ready to move, not only were the golden things covered with a cloth of blue, but a plain old badger skin was draped over the top. And the world looked at them and laughed. Who said it them Jews? They carried them loads all over this desert. Because all the man naturally could see was an old, just an old, gray cloth of badgers. But everybody that believed knew what was up underneath. What about one night he was born and lay in a manger? 
And man who couldn't see it, heaven said, Lord, they'll never find him. And he said, go down. And the skies opened and the angel said, there is born unto you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. You shall find him laying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. They wouldn't have found him. One day he said, Who do men say that I am? And they said, Elijah and Jeremiah. Peter said, Ask me, ask me. He said, who, who do you say I am, Peter? He said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, Flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee. He hung on the cross, a transgressor between two thieves. But God revealed to a centurion, Truly this was. The Son of God. He came forth from the grave. And Mary thought he was the gardener. But he said, Mary. And she said, Rabona. He said, Don't touch me. You know, do you know, believe it or not, repentance always comes closed so the natural man can find it. You have to have this book. It's in the book of Romans, chapter 2. Verse 4. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering? Not knowing that the heavy chastisement of God, the whipping of God, the battering of your ears off the side of your head, the tearing up of your washing machine, dryer, ding-ding box. <laughs> Leadeth thee to repentance? Wrong. See, I told you you couldn't find it. See, I told you you couldn't find it. Some of you are living in sin. You know it. And you ain't doing nothing about it. But in the back of your mind, you're waiting one day when your wife gets a bad result back from her yearly exam. And then that Sunday, you're going to want to run to the altar and say, God, please don't let it be cancer because I just don't know what we'll do. Wrong. You know today, while you got money in your pocket and everybody's well, God's been good to you, and the car's running on all six cylinders, and the kids aren't sick, and the house payment's made, do you know what that is? That's the goodness of God. And do you know what it's to do for you? It's to lead you to repentance. You'll never know that if the Bible didn't say it. You know what makes our sins so exceedingly sinful? It's how good God's been to me. Believe it 
on earth. Some good thoughts been. When I was off the road the last time I preached was either Brother Woodward's or Brother Angel's in a wheelchair. And it looked like my days of traveling were over. But that wasn't leading me to repentance. It was how God raised me up and put me back on the road and made it slave for the do week after week after week after week. Oh, he's so good to me today. I just can't stand to have him grieved. I'm going to the altar. And I'm going to begin by saying, Lord, I am ashamed of myself. You're too good to me for me to steal my time. You're too good to me to cheat in school. You're too good to me to sneak around behind my mother's and daddy's I've come tonight. I'm not deserving of the least of your mercy. But I want to be forgiven. Come. While the goodness of God is drawing. And God will meet you. Don't count on it. In the split second of the crash. Don't count on finding God. But I read Proverbs 1. Don't you count on it. Don't you count on it. Don't you count on it. The trouble Mr. Clinton was, he waited till he got caught. If when nobody knew it, it had broke his heart and it had found him a place in a closet and said, I can't believe how good you've been to me. You've made me president of this great nation and I'm involved in But he'll never find it with Jesse Jackson. Believe it or not, there are some wondrous things about repentance. Would you stand tonight? Our Heavenly Father, thank you for the evening and the Word of God. Praise the Lord tonight. We pray together this evening. God bless the auditorium. These people have listened so carefully. Now, Father, tonight only you know. Lord, I don't know how good you've been to me. How good you've been to us. Lord, who else? Please, right now, speak to somebody. Go over in their mind how good you've been. And they see it. Oh, my sins exceedingly simple in light of the goodness of God. I'm going to the altar. I pray that you would grant repentance tonight.